Um, so moving on, uh, I guess Veron, you also touched on this just now, as in having tough conversations. Like, uh, like uh, a lot of people also have this uh, question: like, uh, is it possible to to be empathetic and direct at the same time? Uh, so I, I don't want to make it so complicated yet. I just want to dive into like uh, that the importance of being a direct leader. So, so of course, it's very self-explanatory. Like being direct helps us to improve on our own self. Uh, it allows it allows the organization to improve. Uh, but as as simple as direct is, being direct is uh, the thing is to really execute directness is really difficult because uh, human beings fear conflict. Uh, like sometimes we may not have the team trust to actually have a very tough conversation. Uh, so, so first of all, um, I just want to ask, have you had some ugly conversations in your team this year uh, that you can maybe share about? Like you don't have to go into details, but maybe you can share about like uh, ugly conversation that you had in your MC team this year. Uh, yeah, I think, right, uh, definitely, because uh, one interesting point is when I'm selecting my team, I chose profiles that are very direct. I think that's uh, my, my own bottom lines when I'm choosing the team. But also when you have a lot of people that are very direct in the team, it's going to be very hard <laughs> because uh, when everyone is being very direct, it will create a lot of tense uh, conversations, whether it's personal or in the team, right? So I think, for example, one of the most, the hardest conversations that I have, which I never thought it was hard until it was carried out, was in the beginning when I was onboarding all my MC team, I was telling them one thing, which is, uh, first, your team experience is not going to be my priority, and the organization is going to be my priority. So literally, when I say that, it doesn't mean I don't care about them as a person. Like, it, because for me, the concept of managing an organization and a team, I can't manage by prioritizing team experience, which means when hard conversations need to be carried out, conflicts need to happen, we need them to happen in order to go to, you know, whatever team stage, right, performing and things like that. But that conversation really kills my team a lot because for the whole, I think, first half of the six months, they really do think that I don't care about them as a person. So everything that I do, it relates back to the same conversation. Like, they only remember that I told them before, team experience is not the priority. So I remember it goes so tough to the situation where I really have to confront with one of my MC where I dismiss an MC and one of my MC did not trust my, uh, what is that decision? And she still, you know, there are still many things that going on. But I think in the end, uh, we had that conversation. It was super tough. I spent hours to prepare myself before going into the conversation. But I think one thing I learned from that is, I will just put up the sentence here because I really read this thing from Brittany Brown. It's called, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So I think a lot of the time, at least from my background being a Chinese, or I don't know how much this is happening in Hong Kong, I assume in Hong Kong people are more direct. Uh, it's a tough thing for Malaysians to make things clear because we are always very uh, afraid to hurt other people or how other people would respond to certain things. But why she put it so clearly, clear is kind and unclear is unkind, is because I think not being able to communicate your boundaries, not being able to put things up front, 
because of you yourself unable to handle the vulnerability of the emotions is doing a lot of injustice to the person that you are communicating to uh, in having the chance to you know, sort things out objectively. So I think you can go and read about a lot more about that concept. But for me, uh, having a direct conversation doesn't need to be ugly. I think it comes back to how you define ugly. For me, the most ugly conversations is when we spend two hours there and none of us can be ourselves, which means we try to go around, we try to package for super long uh, without going straight to the point where it's the reality itself. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's quite a, that's quite a strong leadership style, I'd say. Uh, what about Devik? Do you have a uh, Yeah, of course, I mean, all, of, all, all teams have, uh, you know, hard conversations, ugly conversations. All relations have, all families have. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it, it would be very weird if, if we wouldn't have had those, uh, right? But then, uh, the, the, the um, um, surprising part or, or a little different uh, aspect of this is like I started my term with my team in a slightly different manner or completely opposite manner than, than how we all started. I went to my team and I told them my biggest priority is how are we as 21 individuals going to live this year together and, and come out of this year. Uh, meaning that my biggest priority was the team experience uh, because I strongly believe that if I am able to, uh, along with my people, uh, foster a powerful team experience, then everything else will be taken care of. Um, you know, because uh, the, 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 if, if the inner drive and the inner fire is ignited with the idea that, yes, I am here doing something that is really allowing myself to grow, then I will grow the organization. And that was my thought process. Right. Uh, but then at the same time, like, I mean, uh, the biggest learning that I've had is neither was I the, you know, right uh, person or right uh, at, at the rightest thought when I started, nor uh, Viron was in, in the rightest uh, thought process. And I, I, I guess we've had this conversation as well in one of the conferences. Uh, the biggest learning is to not be in either of the extremes. And, and, and having to play the role of, uh, you know, being able to uh, be a person who is really caring about people's experiences, but at the same time um, is, is, you know, stopping the, I would say, uh, BS when, when, it, when it starts going around um, and, and actually start uh, bringing the, the right conversations onto the table. And um, the... the idea of being direct over here I, I realized and learned there's a difference uh, slight difference in terms of how you put uh, your uh, directiveness out in, in front of people uh, it could either be assertive or it could either be uh, aggressive and and that uh, clearly uh, defines uh, how people will take it and what kind of uh, turn those conversions will take. If, if, if you tend to come out too aggressive, either your people will be too scared and, and none of the conversions will actually happen. Or if the other people are also aggressive in nature, then that will take the ugliest uh, turn. And, and there have been times where, where these things have happened. And I, in the middle of the conversion, I realize and then I tell myself, okay, David, uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> let's let's take a step back let's listen what's happening let's understand what people are doing and then slightly I, I bring in the point okay 
what are we discussing guys what was the point because in these situations what usually happens is when people start conversation like talking with, into the conversations with emotions they they forget the point or the objective of the conversation and it reaches somewhere else and it's extremely important as a leader for you to be able to you know center your team um onto onto the direction that they they are required to be headed that's uh, something that i love right um was was there a day where you wake up and you just feel like like is there any time where you want to actually avoid a tough conversation like if yes maybe you can share about that and if that never happened like could you guys maybe share some advice for everyone here like uh like on how you guys actually manage to always have those tough conversations because This is something very easiest like easily said but it's very tough when we actually have to have those tough conversations like like uh I'm sure all of you have to do LCP coaching and and just coaching different team leaders at different points and one of the toughest topics to coach team leaders about is uh like coaching them exactly exactly so so were there a moment where you actually avoided tough conversations if yes what was that about if no can you just share like what would your advice be for everyone here to actually embrace those tough conversations okay uh i can go so i think i definitely have quite a lot in the beginning of my term so the the approach i use is always like what i say right until i'm prepared enough myself to ensure that i can go into the space and detach uh then only i will carry out that conversations because i have experienced myself that when i am not able to detach like what uh, david mentioned once you are emotionally connect like affected in the whole situation no one is talking it's just a blast of mess of no. i don't know like bouncing of things which is nothing is objective right so i think little tricks that are useful is of course people who work long enough with you usually I don't know if people were in that way in Hong Kong but for example it's easier when you allow spaces to be clear like hey we are just here to express let's express first before we make decisions right uh so when things are more clear then it will allow people to you know at least also express their emotions but not just in a very very structured manner but i think definitely uh usually when you are unable to detach it has a lot to do with you uh not even the person itself so for example when i dismiss uh my mcvp one of the mcvp i really had to have one few more conversations with her to go to the state where i have to take in all the things that she hated and i have to you know still structure her thoughts when she is already super emotional and i have to take in all the negative emotions right and if i will not be able to detach in the process i will go into bouncing those points with her and respond so i think the hardest job is always when you are there and you are listening at the end of your mind you are actually organizing the the points so for example this thing that she said you categorize into which which box so this is like her emotions so this box is her assumptions this box is about the solutions that she wants because i think that's the hardest so when you are able to detach that's when you can be very clear in your conversations but if you can't detach then uh i think my best i mean it depends on people uh but for me my best advice is uh to not just go into the space uh or you will just end up two people being very messy unless uh you are very close with the person and you are fine with it 
you know, like there are people who prefer things to be done in this way, which is like ugly and shouting and things, then you, you get over the conversations together. So I think it really depends. But for me, I will always make sure I can detach first before I go into the conversation. Right. What about David? Definitely. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, I, I, I have been more on the empathetic side since, since quite some time. And for me, um, it was uh, unconsciously, I would say, or subconsciously ingrained, um, you know, to, to be nice to people, uh, to be kind to people. And uh, as, as I was telling uh, a while ago as well, I, I somehow forgot the line, you know, that um, even if, uh, like, what I always thought is like, if you have to be empathetic, you always have to be nice to people and, and all of that. Uh, and, and that allowed myself to be complacent sometimes or or be lenient uh, when we were having that conversation um so subconsciously initially i i also used to avoid uh, conflicts or 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 confronting situations uh, but then i i realized in if you really want a team to thrive conflicts are an important part of that Right. If it's 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 like consider a recipe. If you want to make a pasta, probably a salt or or uh, you know the sauce is a very important ingredient to make the pasta taste uh, really nice. And and that's the same thing about team experiences. Even a conflict, even if it is ugly, it's extremely important. And and that's when I realized uh, that I I cannot avoid this. And if I will avoid this, then it will eventually come at a later point in time when I'm not prepared for that. Uh, hence, uh, uh, there were situations, uh, right, similar situations. Uh, again, this was a very uh, common period of time when Veron and I, uh, you were there as well in APLS when uh, our teams uh, were about to finish our second semester, our first semester and going to in the second semester. So my team was also... Um, struggling a little bit with respect to uh, the team dynamics and stuff and um, I had to let go of one of my team members as well at that point in time and um, it was a very heart-hitting conversation that I had to do because uh, like I told you my main objective was the team experience of my people and uh, you know uh, I, I was really proud of the fact that in, in all the team experiences that I had led, even when I was an LCP and other team leader experiences, I had never, you know, let go of any of my team members, even if they were struggling or even if they were creating a lot of problems. Eventually, we somehow figured it out and, and, and you know, moved forward together. Uh, but then uh, at this point in time, in this experience, it, it, it was reaching a point in time where it, it became more than not just about me, but about the whole team. And, and it was affecting like more than 50% of my team. And I knew that if I am not able to take this decision right now, then I'm going to hamper the team experience of like more than 50% of my team in the long run. And I need to make this call and I need to have this conversation. And that's where like the point that Veron mentioned also, to detach yourself is extremely important that I came uh, and, and I had the conversation with, with the person very clearly telling him uh, that, hey, this conversation is not about me judging you or this conversation is not about me not valuing you as a person. It's just about the role that, you know, you play right now and probably it's not the best of the times. And... Um, when I was able to bring the idea of, again, our purpose is at the end of the day bigger than our differences, uh, I always 
kept on thinking about the bigger purpose. Why do I need to have this conversation? Uh, is this for the betterment of the team and the betterment of the person at the end of the day? Uh, okay. So that allowed me to be able to have the confrontation and, and the hard conversion. And, and that's what I would advise to anybody, you know. Um, it is going to be difficult. Um, you cannot avoid it. Uh, but if you ask yourself what is the bigger purpose and objective that you have to do, and if you are really able to connect to that purpose, then it will eventually be better. Yeah. Um, my, my own thought on this question, like in terms of how we can embrace tough conversations is... Uh, like, first of all, I, I would tell myself it's human nature that we want to be like uh, in harmony with everyone. Uh, so, so I try to like uh, accept the fact that I have this nature in myself, that I want to avoid tough conversations. But then what I then tell myself is signing up for this MCP role, it's not meant to be easy. And one of the jobs that I'm supposed to do uh, is to drive these tough conversations because these tough conversations allow us to make this entity better and that's my sole ultimate responsibility and uh, that the last thing that I also do now and it has become quite like a quite a habit for me is if the conversation doesn't feel a little bit tough in every meeting that I have I feel like it's not trending in the right direction you know I'm not sure if it's the case for you guys now like because I feel like every person brings a different dynamic so different dynamics are gonna clash no matter how performing a team is. Uh, it just comes down like performing stage, it doesn't mean like the team no longer clashes. It just, means, it just means we're able to accept our differences and work with differences. And, and that's the thing I, I, I would advise everyone here is uh, like uh, if, if a team meeting is all harmonious and there's no team conflict, it's probably an unhealthy team situation. Like, differences are not being communicated and if like every individual brings just a limited perspective if those differences are not being expressed then we cannot have the full perspective like that's what I tell myself and I guess that's something that uh, you guys will also uh, like agree on uh, so so I, I noticed there are a lot of questions uh, that have been raised so I, one of them like the first one is exactly what I was wanting to go to. So how, how can we ensure we're not being too assertive? Uh, if I understand correctly, it means we're not being aggressive uh, when we are being direct with our team. So I guess uh, it's about the way of expression. Like how do you guys express yourself so that it's assertive but not aggressive? Um, you want to go? go? Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, I want to add on to uh, what's that Darren's point, right? Uh, yeah. So I have a very different journey with you because I was naturally a very challenging profile. Ah, okay. So ever since I was led in the team, uh, when I have LC, like my LCP was guiding me, my MCP was saying, I'm always the one that brings a lot of troubles to them uh, because of my very directive uh, personality. But along the years, I learned how to be not that direct. I wouldn't use the word direct. I would use not to be that assertive. Uh, I hope it can bring a different perspective and I'm starting to appreciate uh, less heated conversations instead. So I think because I met, I, I used to have synergy partner where I think their values and the way they approach people are genuinely very different. And I think that's one thing that I'm trying to learn because again, being uh, dominant and direct, uh, assertive for me is a way of communications. It's not a decision making or it's not a I think that's very two fundamentally different uh, activities as a person 
communicating the message and making decisions is two different process. And I think I'm still in the process of learning that, you know, challenging conversations can also happen without the need to make people feel small about themselves. You get what I mean? Which is, I don't know how to explain, which is like, I think the thing that matters the most is your intention when you're having a conversation. Intention means, are you also trying to win a conversation? Are you also trying to have the fact that you are trying to impress in a meeting or you are really, really talking with the person because of the objective itself? So for me, that is the fundamental to, to, to know whether that conversation is going right or wrong. Because even if it's a very challenging conversation, I disagree with you or I think we could move better, it doesn't mean it has to be assertive. But I think assertive or not, this kind of conversation comes in situations where, let's say, when the team is uncertain. So for example, coronavirus just strikes, right? And people need someone to make decisions and be directive. I think that's the time we can be very openly like, hey, I think we need a more aggressive approach that you need to tell us where to go. But this is not the time to be more like, you know, uh, empathetic and trying to go with the conversations without a directions and things like that. But I think it is a very different approach when you are talking about, like, let's say, for me, being empathetic and assertive is in two categories of things. Uh, because it's fundamentally two different activities. Or I would say I also adore people who are able to reach objective of conversation without needing to be very, very assertive or, you know, very, very dominant in a sense. Uh, yeah, I think it's very different journey. So I find it very interesting. This right, yeah. David? Yeah, I mean, so what I would like to just clarify over here, like uh, what Veron said, em being empathetic and being assertive are two different things and can happen simultaneously. Yes. Right. Um, so being assertive from my perspective is not a negative thing. It's not bad. What's bad is being aggressive. And you could be direct in both ways. You could be direct and be assertive or you could be direct and be aggressive. Right. So uh, being too assertive also is, is not bad, I would say. But then when you are too aggressive is, is when it becomes bad. And the difference between the two is how do your emotions come out when you are communicating something. So okay. uh, we're on. Enough is enough. Uh, let's focus on the thing that really matters. This is me being assertive, uh, telling we're on that we need to get back to what we really need to work on. But then saying, what, what, what do you keep doing all the time? Where, on, where, where is your focus? Why are you not being able to concentrate on this? That was, you know, me trying to be aggressive with her without me realizing. And, and, and those are two different things, right? And um, if you are able to maintain your cool, maintain your emotions while you are able to direct some people, it's, 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 it's completely fine. And, and that shouldn't be a big uh, problem right and, and like how she mentioned the context that we are in right now we cannot waste a lot of time in uh, building consensus we need to take decisions fast but at the same time because the time is so uncertain it also means that people are anxious people are panicking hence empathy is extremely important as well mm -hmm. and hence you know like mastering that art of being directive and assertive but at the same time still being able to relate to people and communicate what's necessary in a way that is not going to hurt other people but make them feel that yes what the, the direction that we are going is right and is important is, is, is what matters uh, the most right 
Right. Um, I, I guess we can answer all these questions first. Uh, so the second one is, do you have any leadership experience? Uh, that, uh, yeah, basically it's, you have team members who develop very fast and so performing members and you have other mem team members who, who are like uh, slow. Uh, yeah. So how can you balance the performance of that team? Oh, yeah. See if this question uh, you, you you guys can address a little bit. Yeah. So I I can just throw some things that come on top of my head right now, uh, which means uh, I mean I mean one thing that all we all need to understand is everybody is in their own journey and is in their own experience, uh, even in a team. Right, so everybody will have their own time of accelerating towards a growth, uh, and, and and we can never ever control that, or we can never ever push that. Uh, it it completely is on the person in terms of how fast he or she grows. Um, and I think uh, Viron was also sharing about this initially. You know that um, you as a person are external towards the experience of the people, right? So how fast they grow is, is completely up to them. So for sure, there will be a lot of times when teams in teams, different people will grow at different paces and some people will grow enormously. But then what you really need to understand is that in order for you to have a performing team, it's not, it is not necessary that all people have to grow at the same pace. What's important there is to understand which person brings what kinds of strengths and how are you able to utilize those strengths in the best possible manner? Even if one person has grown way too far and the other person is grown only little, there can still be a performing team, right? Uh, what do I mean to say over here is uh, like, uh, imagine that uh, you had to, you, you were in a summit, okay? And you have to create an output of the summit in the best possible manner for your network. Now, in order to create an output, you really need to identify what are the things that you need to do. You need to create, uh, collect the content. You need to put the content in the best possible manner. Um, you need to probably create infographics. You need to create videos. So you need, you know, different elements to be able to create that uh, output. And then at the same time, you have very specific amount of time to be able to create that uh, output. So you need someone who is also able to, you know, um, keep people stick to deadlines. So now there are different elements. You need one person who is like a time bitch, who is able to keep people to deadlines. Uh, you need a creative mind to be able to design the infographics, the video. You need someone who is very fast in absorbing content, in reading and consolidating all these things, right? So now in this scenario, you just need to identify who are these people who are best in, in these elements and you put them on those roles. But if I, let's say, uh, put uh, someone who is very bad at, at, at designing and, and I ask him, no, you have to create the best video. And then in that situation, what will happen is the time which will try to pressure the person so much because the, 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 the output is not being created in the time frame that it was set for. Uh, and that's where uh, things start getting messy. So you have to just put the right people at the right places where they are using their strengths and that will make the team start performing. Right. Yeah, the, the, the way I also, well, I really agree with you, as in um, the way I like to put it is it's like managing an orchestra. Uh, so as the MCP, you're like the person managing the orchestra. We're not directly performing. Uh, we're responsible for the people who drive performance. 
And uh, being like a good orchestrator, it means that you need to put people in the right positions and allow them to shine in their own positions. So, so the first thing I do when I see someone who's underperforming, uh, I would go back to go back and ask myself, uh, am I being a poor orchestrator? Like, am I orchestrating this poorly? Like, am I not putting that person in a position where he or she can succeed? Because after all, that's my ultimate responsibility. And if that person is not performing, it means that I'm failing. Uh, so, so that's what I would do. Like, whereas in the past, or a lot of people I would see is, they would directly jump to confront that person and say, hey, you're like, uh, like just like what you did, like being aggressive and say, hey, you, you're like, this performance is bullshit, like all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, like uh, it's about strength-based leadership, putting people in the right positions. It's also about empathetic and assertive at the same time then. Uh, like Varon, do you, do you have something to add on to this question? Uh, I, I agree with the strength-based leadership very much. And I think just a very interesting idea that I could show up. Uh, if you ever have the experience to teach uh, children or class, I think you will be able to learn all the arts of developing people from there. Because uh, like what David mentioned, everyone has their own pace. Uh, a lot of the time, for me, you always need to have a ruler in yourself that is different calibration for every person. So for me, it's the same. So for example, when this person start her term, uh, her journey of me recognizing her will be very different with how I recognize another person. So for example, if she's able to go until this level in three months of being MCP, for me, that is already the definitions of performing and also doing a good job. So I think having the same expectations is very important because they will easily dwell in the place of like, what kind of team recognizing, recognition am I getting? Am I even performing or not? I think that picture has to be aligned first and also catering your way of empowering and teaching very differently to each of the person because some, everyone would need a different thing. Some, you can just throw them resources and they prefer to sort out by themselves. Some, they would prefer to sit with you and having to go through them. Then how to teach a person to to know how to pull off every different person progress in all a different calibration. Yeah. Right. Um, my, my network is a bit lacking. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. it's very clear. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I want to end with this question. So I, I, I read a book like quite a while ago. It's called What I Wish I Knew When I Was 20. Have you heard of this book? The, the what, sorry? I, yeah, what, what I wish I knew when I was 20. David, were you saying something? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've heard of this book. I've been trying to read this uh, since a couple of months, uh, but haven't been able to get my hands on lately. But I guess now is a good reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to like rephrase this as in, trying to get, give advice to everyone who joined this call, like what would be something you wish you know when you were first applying to be a team leader in ISEC? Like what would that thing be? So that you can give an advice to the people here who joined this call. So uh, very simple. This is something that uh, I, I learned again when I was an LCP 
but uh, it's it's very easy to forget this while you are becoming a team leader or coming into a p position right and that's why it's extremely important to keep remembering this is the fact that being a leader or being a p uh, you are not in that position to please people you know because that is a very natural human tendency even if you know that you will forget that and the moment you start doing that uh, you are going to uh, harm yourself and hence the experience of the people around you because if you are uh, even subconsciously or unconsciously doing things just so that people uh, feel good about it or people like what you are doing uh, you are not being you and that doesn't allow the best of you to come out right and you are just doing things to uh, you know meet superficial expectations of of different people around you and and that is something that that you shouldn't be doing and and i would always uh, tell this you know and and there's a very simple quote that that actually uh, connects to this it says um you know that uh, even the um yeah, you you might be the juiciest and the ripest uh, peach in the world uh, but there will still be people in the world who will not be liking peaches uh, mm. and uh, that's what that's what you need to keep in mind you are a pea you have like 100 people to lead in your lc or probably a thousand or a 2000 people to lead in 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 your entity or probably some day you go on and become a prime minister of a country like india uh, having to lead uh, 1.2 billion people you will never be able to make everyone happy and that's your that's not your job no. uh, so do not let that stop you in making the right decisions which 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 really matter even if that uh, ask people to criticize you once yeah. in time the way i put it is uh, don't focus on being popular focus on achieving our goals yeah yeah uh veron so i think i have uh two points so specifically is for leaders in isight i wouldn't say it applies that much uh in other sectors which i also think is a unique part of being uh, a leader in isight itself so one thing is uh people who don't want to be taught cannot be taught so i think this was something i learned since i was LCBP or LCP until today. So this level I sounds like a person that is very aggressive and directive but in like deep down inside me I care about people a lot and that's the thing that crush me a lot, right? So I think along the years what I learned is that you really need to hold this concept very strongly so you know how to give without an expectations or conditions. When you are teaching a kid is the same you don't teach expecting the kids to grow in a way that you expect so i think in isa a lot of the time when we put so much effort in people that is also where it crashes in the end like dude i coach you for 9 months and then you resign from your position right <laughs> like dude i coach you for i don't know 2 years and then you tell me today that uh you are burnt out or whatever so i think really really understand this uh so first is that people who don't want to be taught cannot be taught and second which i think only of uh apply in either context is that in either we talk about a, a lot about leadership development for me in my own translation is the development of this person in a lifelong basis which means in a very cliche manner what kind of adult he will become what kind of person he will be in future or even what kind of parents what kind of manager what kind of values this person is going to end as a human being after either right 
And if you understand that is the purpose of you developing this human in front of you, understanding that you play a role, at the same time, you also don't play a role. So what does it mean? It's like a passerby, okay? You are here one year to do what you can. And even the parents cannot shift its value for 20 years. So don't think of your own role in terms of like, oh my God, I'm going to make you a saint, you know, like a human is going to save the world and things like that. But honestly, I think understanding this part allows you to go all out in teaching a person or developing a person. I think that's the, the most important one because I think along the years, uh, all these people who truly still stay in my boundaries because of, you know, the genuine condition of me caring about you as a person and your development, but I don't play any role in your life. So I think understanding that it clarifies a lot of things. Going into a space, going into the meeting, going into a one-to-one, -one, you honestly play no role other than that temporary role in that one year. You know, when you still have that faith with this person or whatever. So when you are able to go into that state, you will detach and you wouldn't put yourself that much in Thank the you process. so much and for giving your free time to join us This is a lot of the things that work yeah. through people in taking more and more roles in Isaac uh, or even leaving Isaac as uh, the organization itself. So I think for me, that is the two principles that I uphold uh, along all the positions that I'm taking up as well. Yeah. Right. So... So connecting to what you said in the beginning, so basically it's like uh, we don't, so we play a role in developing that person, but we don't play a role when that person is expressing their emotions to us. So it's like the process, our mindset, our, like our process of developing that person, we shouldn't be thinking we, take, we, do, we have a role, but in the scheme of things, like we have a role in developing that person. I'm not sure if I'm making it clearer or I'm just as Yes, so, so, so what, what, what I would, uh, how, how I would put it forward is yeah. our role is to host the conversation, host the yes. space. But our role is not for the person to reach from A to B. That is yes. that person's role. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, our role exactly. is to be able to give that space, give that uh, conversation, for the person to be able to, you know, take that as, 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 uh, how do you say, uh, uh, a frontal a stepping stone, I would say, let's say, right. uh, to be able to move forward in that journey. And wherever that person goes, it's, it's up to that person at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, like, since you guys are saying this, uh, like the, the question that, that was always being discussed in ISEC is uh, like, how do we differentiate a leader? from a manager. And I think this is exactly the, 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 the thing, as in we treat people as genuinely people first, as in we, we are responsible for their growth. Uh, whereas managers focus on the performance more than the people. Yeah. Uh, and I think you guys just put it like right to the point, as in we have the responsibility to host conversations, to host spaces for people to develop themselves. And, and that means challenging them, being direct when necessary, and also being empathetic at times when they are fragile to empower them so that they can continue on this development process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and oh, yeah. Just to add on to that, like there's this uh, real quote uh, that I always follow. Um, and it says, always be hard on results, but soft on people. Yeah. 
um, and and that that if you it, it's very hard to interpret or actually put into practice. But once you start getting into uh, that practice, it it becomes very natural. So you know you are not compromising on the end goal of the disease, but you are not uh, putting your people uh, under a leash to be able to reach there. Right. Okay. So uh, thank you everyone for attending this space. Uh, I hope. Uh, yes, there's a question, I think it's to Devi. Uh, be, be kind to people. I think he can just type. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so thank you everyone. Uh, so this is the end of the space and uh, I hope you guys appreciate this and we will have another one next time. So we have an evaluation form uh, that I will just send to you guys after this call. So uh, please fill it up so that we can improve next time. Thank you.